We have such sights to show you, Uwu. Howls at moon, Uwu. <laughs> oh, hello. Oh, hello, the moon. <laughs> <laughs> the most insufferable werewolf in history. <laughs> Notices moon approaching, guamps onto moon. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you ready? Funny. Expensive. Whatever. Be happy. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Funny Papers, a show where three 30-somethings share a collective psychosis about the classic 90s cartoon show, Doug. I'm Mike, and with me are my friend Sam. Oh, hello. Oh, and Jim. From the bottom of my heart, I'm so very, very sorry. I pride myself and think of myself as a man of faith. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it'll be a home run, and that'll make it a 4-0 ball game. What the fuck? I, I don't know what you're talking about both, either of you today. <laughs> I just said hello. Oh, yeah, you're right. I just said one of the finest pieces of entertainment that happened this year. <laughs> well, today we cover episode 33, part two of Doug. In all episodes after the first, Doug was separated into two 12-minute shorts. And episode 33, part two's title is Doug on First. Baseball. Baseball. It's another baseball episode, but I'm pretty sure last year they were playing softball. Yeah, definitely. And before that, they were playing beatball. Yeah. And and also now, like, the pulverizers are, like, a recognized sponsored team. Like, I guess. Sure. And But now they play baseball instead of softball. So, I mean, okay. I theorize <laughs> this is an episode that's functioning because Doug is shifting between realities. Because you say this is another baseball episode, but it's also the first baseball episode. <laughs> I suppose that's true. <laughs> Based on uh, conversations of beatball and softball. I hope there's a legitimate beatball episode. I hope we'd find out what it actually there's is. There's no way. There's no not way a chance of that to us. <laughs> We've seen a beatball, but we have no idea how it's played. Oh, man. So uh, this episode begins uh, on at a baseball game. Uh, we we kind of zoom in to the field, and the pulverizers are currently up six to seven at the top of the seventh inning. We I imagine that the pulverizers are school sponsored now, and we know this because there is a sign, like the scoreboard sign says the pulverizers versus the visitors, right? So that means that they're school sponsored. They also have uniforms now. Yeah. Yeah, they got the big P hats with the P uniforms. Yeah. I remember they're also like juvenile sports at this level, there's a lot of local business will pay for the uniforms on the condition that it also says the local business's name on it yeah yeah like okay fine i will pay for the shirts for your little little league thing on the condition this will generate a bunch of small children running around wearing advertising for me sure why (laughs) not we did theorize that that was like what dink was gonna do with the bumper stickers that they put on the paul fries's uniform we were theorizing about how it was for like dink's writing company or something but that never came to fruition, unfortunately. I do like how we've never seen Dink ever write anything or have any clue. <laughs> Not as once. What he it's writes. never come up. I mean, we like we talk a lot about how there is like a show Bible for this that they go by for like uh you know canon at least in terms of locations. They disregard it constantly, especially for Dink. Like I think that was just a throwaway thing that they didn't think that would have implications. You know. Mm-hmm. I, 
Maybe maybe eventually when we maybe beat uh, Dink will write a feature on Beatball and we'll all come in one episode. <laughs> if only. Well, so the first thing we see in this episode is that Doug and Skeeter do a double play to get a two outs in one. Uh, I guess they're good now. They suddenly got good at baseball. It's so much so that they can do a fucking double play, right? Well, now, yeah. they're, playing, now they're playing baseball, which is, uh, I guess, easier than softball. I guess. Somehow? <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. It's the same game. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so they, they, they do this. They, they, they work in perfect harmony because Skeeter's great at second base and Doug's great at first. Uh, and we, we see in the crowd that everybody's cheering for him. Doug's mom jumps up and down and yells, There is also a person in front of Doug's parents that looks basically like, it just looks like Doug. Um, and he's wearing a pulverizer's hat and a t-shirt that just says, boy. Now, <laughs> yeah. obviously we never get any information as to who this character is, but let me pause. Let me post a theory. I'm gonna say that this is a uh, Doug's brother named Jim because it's <laughs> Jim Jenkins getting jealous that Doug is getting all the attention. <laughs> oh my him. god! I was just gonna figure that this was uh, Coach Spitz's uh, insecurities made incarnate. <laughs> but yours, <laughs> yours works too. Wait, maybe it's a jersey for the boy. Yes. <laughs> And we don't because see Coach Spitz again, despite the fact the honkers show up. So I think they did fire Coach Spitz, <laughs> yeah. and now the boys just <laughs> rampaged around playing baseball games willy-nilly. Yeah, they're a roving band of baseball players. <laughs> Will work we, for anabolic steroids. <laughs> <laughs> we prowl the night as the boy is looking for baseball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Coach, you're right. Coach Bitch doesn't appear at all. Like, what the heck? <laughs> oh, man. Turns out my character didn't really have the chance to do more than the one character beat. <laughs> Can't really have me do anything else than that. Hey, right. remember how I let Patty onto my team? <laughs> and that's yeah. not that pot just kind of pissed out and died. <laughs> I wonder if this is like school sponsored or if it's like uh like how it was when I did Little League and it was like a you know like a private company type thing. Most of the time I have to assume it's the private company type thing just cuz in tiny suburbia bullshit you either have too many people who want to play for one team or you have too few to make up a team and you need to merge with, like, the next group over. Sure. I mean, but we did. They were advertising for tryouts for the honkers, specifically at the school. But then, again, we did posit at the time that it was because Coach Spitz broke in and, like, claimed the microphone for himself and got kicked out, right? Yes. So, And it was also for softball, which is a completely different sport. <laughs> but it's the same players on the team, uh -huh. and they're both called the honkers, and it's an <laughs> identical <laughs> team. <laughs> yeah. So maybe they play both. Maybe softball is played in the off-season of baseball. <laughs> it's just two seasons for the same thing. Makes sense. Well, they wanted to make uh, the episode about pitchers, um, and the way you pitch a softball is very bizarre, so maybe they just didn't want to am animate that. Sure, and the way you sure. pitch a baseball destroys your arm, and you can't do it at age 11. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> True. 
Well, so while Doug's mom, I, I, I mean, I think Doug's mom is clearly wasted because she's jumping up and down <laughs> yelling, score a touchdown, yay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and Doug is embarrassed of his mom uh, because there's like a, 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 you know, a base umpire, like one of those guys who watches to see if people actually made it to the base. He's like, hey, who's that lady? And Doug lies and says he doesn't know. Yeah. Shit talk the player's parents. Miscellaneous umpire. <laughs> I'm sure that's perfectly fine. Hey, that's who's, a good that, point. who's that lazy lady who loves her son unconditionally? <laughs> <laughs> what, lo- what a loser. She loves her kid. <laughs> oh my God. She love you. <laughs> right. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, well. So they say in this, Doug is like kind of telling again about who the pulverizers are. And he says that they formed the team last season. So in our timeline, this is demonstrably a year later than the uh, than the pulverizers episode, the first one, right? Uh-huh. Like, and we are led to believe that at no point the parents gave a shit about the team <laughs> right up until this moment. I think it's because right up until this moment, they weren't good. And so the parents were like, fuck that. I'm not going to a baseball team of scrubs to watch a game. (laughs) And now that they're good, they finally take an interest. Oh, man. Well, so uh, Doug, like the game finishes, right? Like with that double play. But wait a minute. Does that finish it? Because they said it was the top of the seven. No, there's also a p- uh, pitch, and she strikes somebody out, I believe. Ah, right, right, right. Okay. fair, striking somebody out at age 11 is not hard, but <laughs> getting an 11-year-old to throw a strike is borderline impossible. Hell, getting a 15-year-old to throw a strike is an amazing demonstration. Definitely. And you, I think, I think that's why. So actually, we see a shot of the like field, and there's basically no outfield. And I think that's because they're hedging that no one's gonna hit the ball. That's how a lot of little league worked. You put all all the worst players, i.e., me, in the outfield because they wouldn't have to do anything. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Well, so so they finish the game. And Doug is excited that he, like, did a good play, and he runs off the field to go and tell his dad about the double play. Uh, (laughs) And and dad ignores him completely. This is going to be a recurring theme in this uh, this episode. (laughs) It's so bad. It's like, this is supposed to be another father-son episode, but he's again just like... Nope, sorry. And remember, and also point out, at no point is... The, uh, is this resolved through communication? <laughs> no. so, also, curiously, unlike the last father-son episode, this one goes the opposite direction. Kinda. <laughs> like, again, this one, I think, eventually they come to, like, an okay moral, but it's, again, not applicable to the situation at all. Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> oh, man. But okay, so... So dad ignores him completely because he's busy listening to Mr. Valentine. Did you see my double play, dad? Dad! It isn't fair to let Patty do all the pitching, is it? My boy's a born pitcher. He's wasted it, second. And like Mr. Funny's like agreeing with him. He's like nodding and like saying like, oh, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, right? Mm -hmm. And and so that's what they're saying here. And Mrs. Bluff is also saying that like they're only kids and can't, can't be, be expected, expected 
to run their own thing. And, um, yeah, that's correct. They shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's exactly like she's saying that they can't be expected to run their own thing. So she's saying, I mean, yes, in a sense, right, that like they need someone to get them uniforms and like make it so that they're not just like totally fucking everything up. But in terms of like making their positions, I don't know. I think that's what she's trying to like. You're like, yeah, of course we need to micromanage them. Even though they haven't given a shit up until, for a year, until this point. Yeah. Also, right. let's be real, if they're being, like, you could have had a much more interesting version of this where you have actually the internal team arguing amongst themselves over who <laughs> wants what position. If you've ever yeah. found a group of 11-year-olds that agrees on exactly where everyone belongs in an organized fashion, what the fuck kind of drugs do you have them on? Right. The funny part about this to me is that okay, they're the reason I the reason I think they want everybody to be their kids to be a pitcher is because like a pitcher is like a star uh, position. Um, the issue with that is that there is a more famous star position in baseball that's called hitting, and everybody gets <laughs> to do it. Uh-huh. Hitting is what you are there for. Like that that's is the- where the stars are actually made. Like I don't know any pitching stats, but I could tell you who has the home run record. Yeah. There wow. are some fairly impressive pitchers out there, but um they sure as fuck aren't at age eleven. <laughs> Except for Patty. Jesus star. Except right. for Patty, who is the only eleven year old capable of throwing strikes consistently. <laughs> Right, that's why she's a star, is because it's impossible feat. Oh, man. Well, all the parents fucking ignore Doug. <laughs> okay, now this, now we're back into the area of it all makes sense. Nobody right, has ever right. paid attention to their kid pl- pe- playing in a juvenile sports league. <laughs> Especially when he comes up and tells you, are you proud of me? <laughs> yeah, sure, whatever. Sorry, I got into a real big fight with your best friend's dad recently. Right. Oh, man. The title card drops at this point. Uh, so the title card drops, and then they go to a parents-only meeting at Doug's house. Uh, it's among Doug's, Doug's dad, Skeeter's dad, both of BB's parents, and uh, Patty's dad. Chad. <laughs> is his name actually Chad? It is. It is Chad. Really? That's awesome. <laughs> that rules. Because <laughs> he is a total Chad. And the Virgin Phil versus the <laughs> Chad yeah. Chad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, so they're in this meeting and they're discussing who will be chosen to pitch now. I hope we can come to some reasonable agreement on how to run the team. Just as long as my boy gets to pitch. Now, Joe, let's not go making demands. Bibi's therapist says she will suffer acute emotional damage if she is not allowed to pitch. Jim Jenkins demonstrating the contempt he has for the concept of therapy. Yeah, it's gotta be, right? Like, they do this constantly. That's like what whole Mr. Shellacky's whole character is, right? I'll be somewhat fair in that uh, rich people therapists are, like, it is well known that if you shop around, you can find yourself a doctor feel good at low, low available rates. But um, I don't think Jim Jenkins knows enough to be uh, taking that particular shot here. Because, <laughs> I mean, they, they, they talk about, they've mentioned, like, therapists and like mental health in previous episodes and it's always with like a condescending tone yeah right it's always meant to be like laughed at which is pure just 
pure 90s, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> One must laugh with contempt at Mr. Shellacki and the idea that this man could ever help anyone. <laughs> you can never get better. <laughs> right. Everything to... is fine, you little shit. Just ignore it. You had no reason to be scared. Everything will keep getting better forever. That is the way the universe functions. And if things aren't getting better for you, then you're broken and nothing can ever fix you. You might as well be using Mr. Computer. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, (laughs) taking that path. Yeah, I got better. Work, Sam. I got better and used Mr. Computer. <laughs> well, so and I think this is extra shown to be done in contempt because Mr. Funny frowns at this, whereas he smiled when uh when when Skeeter's dad was saying it. Yeah, Skeeter and Skeeter's like, dad chimes in with, "Well, my kid doesn't have any fancy therapist, but he'd be good at it." And like, right. okay, whatever. Right. And like and when he says that, Mr. Funny's grin widens. So like he looks like he's like he has like a weird toothy smile. It's not just like a line. It like shows his teeth. Yeah. After Mr. Valentine says this. And then there is actually in the category of almost right, uh <laughs> our good friend Chad chimes in to say I don't know, they are just, like, they're just kids. Why don't we just let them do it the way they've been doing? And the response is, well, yeah, of course you'd say that. Your kid's the one pitching. Which, you know what? I will give Jenkins a couple of points for that one because, yeah, no, the person who is benefiting the most from the status quo, of course they don't (laughs) think we should make any changes. (laughs) <laughs> it's true yeah the fact yeah. that he happens to be unequivocally right well it sure is the <laughs> 90s here right well the status quo is always right jim yeah don't, forever don't make change there has yeah. never been a case that any figure in authority could be wrong please disregard the rest of this episode yeah the people in power are there because they're the best choice yeah right. absolutely always it <laughs> by the way ladies and gentlemen on the day that we are yeah, on the day that we recorded this, it came out that uh, the new Secretary of Transportation was a guy whose sole transportation bona fides was getting a kid killed because he took out some traffic lights in a poor part of town. So uh, that's a bit of entertainment value for you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> then the, the, yeah, the Doug, like, fantasy <laughs> comes out from this. <sighs> Well, so uh, Doug and Skeeter are just like, hey, what are they talking about in there? Maybe it's strategy. <laughs> Maybe they're trying to help us. Yeah, I guess they, they that's can't what hear doing. what they're saying. Yeah, they like can't hear what they're saying through this. But later they can hear what they're saying. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, the walls of Doug's house exhibit very selective uh, audio qualities, as we saw in the episode where. Doug, uh, Patty and Connie were knocking on the door, and Doug and yeah. Skeeter audibly shouted, Oh no! They can. <laughs> I don't. There is no cousin Melvin. How are we going to do anything about this? In voices they could absolutely hear from the other side. Right. Don't open the door. Nobody's home. And they go, Oh, well, it sounds like nobody's home. Yeah. I don't. I don't know why I was thinking about this, but I was just imagining Mr. Bluff, like, spitting on the carpet and then staring at Phil to be like, what, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> I Phil, oh, Phil, you, I Phil. Could, 
Phil, I could buy this house right now. (laughs) (laughs) I own the store you work at. (laughs) Phil, you know that mall you work at where you're a mall photographer? Do you know who owns that mall, Phil? (laughs) Mall photography's on its way out. Phil. <laughs> BB will pitch at the next game, Phil. <laughs> you seem You're going to gonna be teach BB the funny fireball and call her your son, <laughs> Phil. <laughs> and Phil just be like, oh, man, didn't have to ask me twice there, man. Would have done that for right. free. <laughs> have you seen the little shit who I've got? again. <laughs> You're going to call it the bluff ball, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> That's a much better name than the funny fireball, actually. <laughs> I've really only got the one naming schema. That's a new angle. I could work with that. <laughs> the funny fireball, Doug. The, the funny, funny fireball. fireball. <laughs> oh, man. Phil, you're going to have to give me your kite because I know <laughs> you love it. <laughs> I'm going to put it on. It's going to be mine now. Your brother Happy is now my brother. I will use his powers for my own purposes. Yeah, it's like he knows that like Uncle Happy's mask has some kind of magic to it. And he's like, Phil, you know, you're not using that mask. Like, he's like staring at his fingernails when he does this. He's like, Phil, why don't I take that mask off your hands? Like, you know, I'll pay you good money. I'll give you $10,000 for that mask. That's a lot of money, Phil. It's more than you make in, you know, many, many months. What if I was allowed to take the mask off? (laughs) Oh, God. This story does, of course, end with uh, Mr. Bluff transforming into a gigantic clown monster and needing to be stopped by Quail Man and the Silver Skeeter. They go to the library to do it. Where they purchase a gun. They'll get crushed. (laughs) (laughs) They go to the Bluff Memorial Library, and Mr. Bluff is like, dude, I know you're in there. And then they clutch across the library. Ah, <laughs> like, oh, dang. Nothing we can do to solve this problem now. Right. Okay. Well, so, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Back to, back to the real world. Um, so they say all this stuff. Uh, and then, like... Mrs. Funny Theta is in the kitchen. She's just like making making food because she doesn't. She says she doesn't know beans about sports. Same. And she's she runs in. She's just like, well, I don't know beans about baseball, but it seems to me that the only way to resolve this is to have the kids take turns pitching. Good one, Theta. So it's settled. Yeah, if this was a little league structure where you could assume everybody knew how to pitch, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's a decent idea. Like, P.S., you don't do this because they can't. You maybe have one or two people who can throw in an actual setup like this. What you'd see is somebody just constantly throwing the ball and missing the umpire. I mean, that's kind of what we see later. Yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> Oh. I think this this episode is sort of like a jab at the Little League idea of everybody gets to play a minute. Oh, you think so? I it's think like so. the, is it another everyone wants a trophy thing? Oh, I, Jesus. Think, I think it is. There's some aspect Because that's the only that. thing I could think about. Yeah, like oh, no. I think there's some degree of the everyone gets a trophy. No, some people are just better at certain things and that's okay. <laughs> like, okay, fine, whatever. Jenkins has his relationship with hierarchy. I get it. But there is still something very, very weird about the way they get there. 
Yeah. Well, so for whatever reason, Doug and Skeeter can hear now, uh, just like the, the, the permeable walls of the, of the funny household changes to let them hear it now. And uh, they hear Doug's mom make this suggestion. And they hate it. They say, oh, it's a terrible idea. Pitching sucks. Well, they say, can you imagine Skunky pitching or Connie or me, Doug says? I literally cannot imagine Skunky pitching. (laughs) Skunky (laughs) has done the mathematical equation for the perfect spitball. If Skunky throws a pitch, that pitch is going to be aerodynamically calculated (laughs) to achieve thermonuclear fission. There will be (laughs) no survivors. That's true. That's probably why they never let him do it. He was probably supposed to be up after Doug later. Yes. <laughs> and this also tells me, this tells me that Skunky is at the game, right? Like, it tells me that oh, when, yes, when, right. when we saw the shot of the team, because uh, we see, like, mm-hmm. earlier, we saw, like, a shot of the whole team. And, like, either Mo or, or Moo or Al Sleech is on the team. The other one is in the sta- in the, the audience. Yes. One of the two of them plays. Uh, but that means I like I like took a look back at the group, and there are characters in there who we've seen before and have never named. So Skunky is here, and we can narrow him down. I will so have to I don't perform know, research though. on this. I did not think of that at all. It's like half of a second of a, yeah. of a shot, and it cuts away immediately. And so obviously I freeze-framed it on and looked through every face. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> So, I mean, we can start cross-referencing episodes where Skunky has been mentioned and reference which characters show up in many of the, in each of them. And I would love it if the character that they reference is not consistent throughout it. Like if Skunky changes identity Skunky throughout the show. Skunky is a title that is passed on from person to person. Right, right, right. Exactly. Skunky is an idea. Yeah, we've mentioned that a bunch. Like he has to be. Oh, man. <laughs> well... Behind this pulverizer uniform is an idea, Mr. Funny. <laughs> and ideas yeah. are quail ray proof. <laughs> yes. And and uh they're 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 ideas that that will defeat the boys every game. <laughs> and then what no. happens next? I wanted to ask you guys about see if it's a reference that I don't get because they go Doug has a fantasy where he fucks pitching up, right? Yeah. Yep. And then he turns to Skeeter and goes, what are we going to do? And then Porkchop just comes over with a golf bag and then hits a golf ball. Yeah, I have no that, idea. That's what not a f- reference to anything. That's fuck. just somebody thought that was a good gag. Right. I literally have it in my notes. Like, what? What is this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like- I, was just, I wanted to ask you guys if you got it because I was just like, huh? Okay, so you know how in Star Trek they used to just have the writers put a big bracket thing that said tech where uh, somebody was supposed to talk about the positron capacitators and the exhaust manifolds and yada, yada, yada? Wait, that was improv? Um, just... No, the writers would just say somebody who knows something about tech fill in something that sounds science-y in there. Ah. And uh, I feel like what the script here said was something funny happens. (laughs) Except tech, just a joke. Yes. Yeah, joke. And then at some point, uh, that's why there's so few jokes, because they're like, fuck, man, we don't know what to put in here. So they just, like, skip over that part because they ran out of time. They had, had, like, humor beats, but they just never filled them in. (laughs) The dog plays golf for some reason. 
But it's like an extended shot where he like walks off, gets a bag of clubs, and then walks back and hits a golf ball into the middle of the street, and they just like watch him. Like a golfer hat too. Yeah, it's weird. It has absolutely no relevance to anything. (laughs) Maybe it's uh, a phrase like "go putt." I don't know. I can't tell. There's maybe there's like a golfing phrase that's supposed to make sense here. Maybe it's like, oh, you retire from golf, from baseball and you go golfing instead because it's easier and I don't know. <laughs> also, I don't think Porkchop shows up for the rest of the episode. He's briefly in some of the other shots, like he'll be in the dugout and stuff with people. Uh, I don't, yeah, he's like very rarely here, but sometimes yeah. he has, he does wear a pulverizer's hat sometimes. That's very cute. This is just like uh, the occasional dink appearance where you're like, okay, I guess Pork Pork Chop's actor had a contract. Yeah. And, and okay, so, and also, like, I think it is shown in canon that they didn't really know what they were doing here, because as Pork Chop goes to hit the ball like this, Doug and Skeeter just go, huh? (laughs) Is this apropos of anything, Doug? Yeah. So it's just like, What? Oh, but before this, before that all happens, we skipped over the quick fantasy of Doug fucking up over baseball because I think something important happens in that. Uh, he imagines uh, like pitching at like the World Series or something and walking everyone. Like everybody, he just pitches and like everybody is just gets a base. Uh, but the whole time he's doing that, he's grinning like crazy, right? Like he's super ant. He's having fun, right? And if that's the point of Little League is to have fun, they're accomplishing it, right? Yes. And and But then Patty says, poor Doug. <laughs> So she's taking pity on him. Like, why is it poor Doug? He's having fun and he's like, it's not like he's forced to be here, right? Well, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, they say they say that they're playing the honkers next week. And with without Patty pitching, they have no chance. But they start to go into some strategy because the next scene is Doug's dad teaching Doug to throw the funny fireball. It's a secret weapon that's been in the family for generations. Ah. <laughs> the funny fireball, the Doug. Funny fireball. The funny, funny fire- fireball. <laughs> Maybe the previous one was the funny fireball. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Porkchop was doing when he hit the golf ball. He was doing the oh four. <laughs> Funny four. <but>. Ah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, so uh, he, okay, there's a couple of weird things with this, too. Is like, so he, he says the technique, it's right? It's to spread your index and middle fingers. Jim, you're the only one that knows anything about baseball. Is that a thing I, there's all sorts of weird fucking grips they use for throwing weird pitches i don't know enough to be intimately familiar with it but i do know that trying to teach an 11 year old to pitch a fastball is a rapid route to destroying an 11 year old's arm dude we know that phil doesn't give a fuck about his arm he True. just wants his legacy <laughs> also one of the weirder things about this just in terms of overall baseball stuff you may have heard the phrase pitching rotation used at some point if you follow baseball that's because you very literally can't have somebody pitch every night of every game in a row. Your arm does not work that long. There's a reason why yeah. there's a bullpen, which is where the player pitchers are stored, to warm up. Because if you ask somebody to just walk up and start pitching baseballs, they can't do it. You have to loosen up. You have to basically 
be put into an entire weird regimen to be able to regularly throw baseballs. And if you try to push yourself past those limits, you can destroy your arm forever. There's a famous case of a pitcher for the Chicago Cubs who Dusty Baker just utterly fucking destroyed because at one point in the playoffs, he tried to have the guy pitch three games in a row. And the guy did his best. By the end of the third game, he could not throw it straight to save his life. And he was never the same ever again. Well, Jim, I don't know beans about sports, but it seems like Patty's able to do it all the time. Because I... Spoiler warning, Jim Jenkins doesn't know shit about baseball. (laughs) Well, so wait a minute. So why, if Phil really wants... Uh, Doug to be a pitcher though because like that's what we're getting across yeah. in this, right is that Doug he really wants Doug to be a pitcher why is he not taught in the funny fireball before yeah why is this like again, why is he he's been doing it for a year <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. this is the first time he was reminded oh right my son is playing a sport oh it stopped being softball now I care do you think that that game that they went to was the first game they'd ever been to of Doug's it's the only Probably. thing that makes sense <laughs> Maybe because yeah, later they have pennants for each of the players, but they don't have them at that. Yeah, they don't have them at the start. And also notice that uh, when he explains the history of the funny fireball, he pulls out his wallet and shows the pictures that he has in there, which are that's a look into Phil's brain right there. Oh yeah, because it shows the priorities absolutely. (laughs) Like there's a picture of himself. There's a picture of. Baby Doug. <laughs> There's a picture of his high school baseball team. And then there's a glamour shot of his 14-year-old daughter. And then Theta, and then Grandma. So that is the priorities. He's at the top. I love He's that. He's at the top. Baby Doug under that. And his baseball team <laughs> under that. Above any women. Yep. <laughs> My high school baseball... Oh, God. One of the things I noticed on his high school baseball team is that they all had the same three skin colors. (laughs) And the three skin colors were white, pink, and green. Huh. So, well, that was in... Oh, but that was in Bloatsburg. That one demonstrably said that it was the Bloatsburg... uh, Yeah, yeah, the the Killer Weevils. The Bloatsburg Killer Weevils. So maybe it's like a town-separated thing? I mean, Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> but Bloodsburg's an yes. hour away. We know that Bloodsburg's yes. an hour away. This is in the 60s. Huh. That's, what, that's what's going oh. on. Oh, yeah. no. Virginia was not known for being not segregated. I guess, especially since it was, would have been in like the 60s. Oh, Jesus. oh yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well. <laughs> There's a reason you didn't see any blue people. Let's put it that way. Yes. Well, so he's continuing to teach Doug the funny fireball. He says the phrase, come on, zip it in there, Southpaw. <laughs> and uh, he, he, Doug misses, dang, or he misses his dad because it's hard. Doug has hits. too much power. Right. <laughs> the 11-year-old throws it harder than, could, than he should be able to into... The stratosphere. And he hits Mr. Dink in the next bush over. Dink, like, comes over, and he's got, like, a massive baseball hit wound because he's got, like, a big bump on Dink, his head. what are you right? doing in the bushes? <laughs> well, at uh, least he was in his own bushes, uh, right? <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> he was in his own bushes this time. Remember he used to be in Doug's bushes all the time? Yeah. <laughs> um, the question <laughs> remains. Phil, could you move out of the way? <laughs> Phil, go inside. Phil. Go back to the hotel, <laughs> Phil. Oh, my God. <laughs> Is this where you were when you were operating that drone that flew into Doug's room, Dink? <laughs> no, I was nude. Oh my god. No. We'd like to enter new character into the canon, Grimdark Mr. Dink. (laughs) That's just regular Mr. Dink, but nude. (laughs) And talks exclusively in the Christian Bale man voice. Oh my god, stop, Sam, stop. (laughs) Oh my god. Well, so hopefully not that dink, because he is clothed this time in the bushes. He comes out, and he says, Ah, yes, the ancient springtime rite of passage. The father handing down the ancient lore, showing his son how to throw the furry bunny ball. Funny fireball! Whatever. That's what I call my sack. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Is Is that ancient lore, Sam? No. That you will, ancient that you will lore sum- <laughs> speaks of the furry butt ball, most potent of all the butt balls. I thought it was the furry funny ball, <laughs> which is also good. Passed down from father to son. <laughs> Kinda. <laughs> <laughs> Every possible <laughs> version of that is horrifying. Thank you, Sam. Uh, yeah, You're yeah, welcome. Yeah. Well... Obviously, Dad gets pissed at this. Like, you see his face after this, and it's the most mad I think we've seen him in any episode. Sure, tell my son to beat the shit out of random people, and I don't give a fuck, but suggest (laughs) that the funny furball is not a real pitch, and I'll have words with you, young man. Right. Uh, and he, and he (laughs) takes... He's, like, so pissed that Dink doesn't know anything about sports either. Like, he just, like, he's like, you're not a man. You call yourself Doug Circuit Father. (laughs) No, Mr. Bluff is the first dad, and I'm the second dad. Right. It's like the thing where, uh, in, like, medieval times, like, the king would go and kiss someone's bride. Kiss. Yes. That's what that's about. Ah, yes, of course. Yeah, the right of the first kiss yes and in this uh mr bluff is yeah the one who is mr bluff has that for everybody's sons well Well, no we don't want to go down this road this isn't what i was going for it's another purple cock oh my god oh well (laughs) well uh so he tells Doug, Doug is like, I like being first baseman, though. I don't want to pitch. Everyone thinks I'm a really good first baseman, which is a particularly fucked statement if you know anything about baseball. Do you know the, what the deal is with first baseman? Obviously not. I don't know beans it's about It's where sports. you shove the people who can't field and cannot run. Generally, really? like during the steroid era... That was where you jammed your biggest, fattest, dumpiest <laughs> piece of shit who could sock the hell out of the ball, but who Sam could beat in a foot race. You put him on first base because your job is you stand on the base and you catch the ball when it is thrown to you because you never, ever, under any circumstances, <laughs> leave that base. If you're a really good first baseman, congratulations, you are number one. In the slow people class. 
And I guess we know that Doug is a spectacularly strong person somehow, based on all like the random shit he can do. Yeah. So that does kind of make sense. <laughs> Everyone thinks I'm a really good first baseman. And they said that for reasons completely unrelated to the fact that when I was in right field, I could not catch a ball if it was aimed directly at me. <laughs> well, his dad gets pissed that uh, Doug would ever not want to be a pitcher. For And again, it's so weird to me that this is yeah. just becoming a revelation. Like, after a year of ostensibly being on a team. And the idea of the pitcher being a prestigious position is weird. Is it? I know more pitchers than I do, like, other positions. But like yeah. I was saying, you get known in baseball for hitting, which yeah. is something they all do. They all have to do. It's like being really, really into, yeah, my son's going to be a kicker in the NFL, which is... I mean, that's that's sick as a parent, because that means that your kid probably won't get as many concussions, That right? is true. Like, but, like, it's this... <laughs> from a raw prestige standpoint, it's... Look, when people think of the best player on the team, they do not think of the kicker, despite the fact the kicker scores the most points forever. I do, because it's the sickest position to play, because you don't have to do as many practice drills except for kicking, and you don't get concussions. I think it's the sickest position to be. I mean, yes, I'll grant that. It's definitely the smartest one to be. Yeah, definitely. I will absolutely grant you this. Though there are also yes. occasionally when a play is completely fucking broken down and a kicker has to try to make a tackle, it is the funniest goddamn thing. Yeah. <laughs> if you Even if you do not watch sports, look that up on YouTube. You will giggle. It's delightful. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, there's man. a Doug football episode coming up. Oh, oh boy. boy. <laughs> speaking of that, speaking <laughs> of trying to tackle people, and I have the, I have the image of him trying doing this in my head, and it's burnt. It's one of those burned in there. Hell yeah, 11-year-old football. Let's start cracking them <laughs> skulls together early. Does his dad get pissed that he's not the quarterback? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't okay, think his dad fine. is present. <laughs> We're back to those old hits then. <laughs> the funny free safety, Doug. The funny free safety. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah, he's the kicker. Oh, perfect. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, he tells Doug in this in for baseball that it's in the blood, like father, like son. And then he starts glaring like he his, again like his his you see his eyebrow go like really tense and he goes you know patty's a good friend but you can't let that influence you trust me and then he glares harder at doug it's Owned. like so unnerving it's so funny <laughs> that's such a good slam oh yeah patty's a great friend <laughs> <laughs> i didn't think of that oh shit <laughs> <laughs> she's she's a good friend man doug why haven't you set her up with anybody yet yeah <laughs> you have oh man you have a bunch of friends doug come on oh yeah and the uh, football episode i didn't want to say this but without checking for it but that's where percy femur comes back oh Hell yeah he returns <laughs> oh god the true protagonist of doug his Us. uh his his cousin the bad seed <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Now, you know who would be really good at baseball? Percy Femur. <laughs> I bet he could, could actually pitch, unlike yeah. any one of these people. Well, I mean, we know that that's why Roger is the star of the honkers, is because yeah. he's 13. <laughs> <laughs> he's the only one who could feasibly hit a home run ever. Right. 
Oh man. Well, so this this bit of parental pressure launches Doug into another fantasy. Uh, we see that Doug's dad is in his armchair, and he's reading a book called Pitching Tips for Boys by Teak McGilvigan. Hmm. Cool, man. It's a good uh, publication, is Pitching Tips for Boys. Uh, Doug comes in, and he's, he says that he's a major league first baseman, and he won the World Series, and he makes a ton of money and also won the Nobel Prize. <laughs> Nobel Prize for pitching? That's not a prize, Dad. <laughs> yeah. He, he says it's for peace, which, I mean, to be fair, uh, Doug is more qualified than Barack Obama was. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> Doug, as, know, far as, I, as far as I know, Doug didn't start any wars. Yeah. <laughs> Fun trivia. Barack Obama is the first Nobel Peace Prize winner to drone strike another Nobel Peace Prize winner. <laughs> oh, sick. Oh, <laughs> uh, well... <laughs> Dad, Dad gets pissed that Doug has something stupid like the Nobel Peace Prize <laughs> instead of uh, a pitching prize. Dad, what do you want from me? Couldn't you have been a pitcher like your old man? <laughs> I mean, that's such a stupid question. What do you think he wants from you, Doug? What do you <laughs> think? <laughs> Come on. That's true. But also, like... I feel like Phil might actually kind of feel this way because we never really get resolution. No, about yeah, it. <laughs> it's never talked about. There's nothing. There's nothing that Doug and Phil do together to resolve this issue. No, as far as we know, he's still at the end of the episode. He's still sad that Doug isn't a pitcher. Yes, right. So this might be canon. <laughs> I think this episode is absolutely canon. Right, but I'm saying that this fantasy might happen oh, yeah. later in Doug's life. <laughs> Maybe Doug does get the world prize for Nobel Prize for Peace. And becomes a major league first baseman. <laughs> it's possible. I mean, yeah, this is the peak of the steroid era. All you really need is a hookup for the good shit, and you can slap 60 pounds of muscle on you in a hurry. <laughs> You're right. And we know that Doug is already insanely strong for some reason. Oh, well, <laughs> so they go back to the real world, and uh, Doug and Skeeter and Patty are walking together, and Doug, they're all, both of them say that they wish that Patty could do all the pitching, and they say we're going to get creamed by the honkers because all our parents had to butt in. Look, if we could just keep the bad players off the field, we would win. <laughs> yes, it's that easy. <laughs> Well, they have another fantasy of the World Series and Doug pitching. And in this fantasy, Patty is chewing tobacco with the coach. <laughs> cool. <laughs> they're just chewing tobacco and spitting into a can. Uh, and they're called the Tube Socks. <laughs> Why? Why would they, they change get... from the pulverizers? <laughs> I, I don't want to say this. It's because they get creamed. <laughs> 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 yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> Cut that. No. No. <laughs> Damn it. You've corrupted it. Uh well, this is uh they show that this is happening after the scene of Patty and the coach. Like Patty's telling the coach that like he's going to do fine. He's going to be a fine pitcher. Uh and then Doug like immediately throws ball 4. 
and the announcer tells him to stick to first base. We just had this fantasy. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty much identical, except in this one, Patty is chewing tobacco and being positive. <laughs> and she talks, she kind of talks shit on him, too. Like in the real world, she's like, Hey, we can still beat the honkers. I mean, Skeeter's got an okay arm, and your arm's not bad. You'll tough it out. I will? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we go to the first game, right? And the parents are all there, and they all have individually individual signs made for each of their kids. I, I kind of half expected Phil to have a patty sign here. <laughs> I didn't know. I also, this is the first time I ever learned how BB's name is actually spelled. I, I thought it was a double E on both sides. What is it? I didn't look. Is it's it B-E-B-E? B-E-B-E. B-E. Oh, shit. Huh. Okay. Huh. I thought it was just B-E-E-B-E-E, like two B's. So it's Beeb. <laughs> Bebe. <laughs> She's Bebe. <laughs> I thought that it was going to be like an abbreviation, like her name was Beatrice B-something Bluff. So he just called her BB because, haha, good joke. Oh, it probably is Beatrice, but they like know that she prefers BB. It's probably that. Hmm. But I like calling her Bebe now. <laughs> Bebe. <laughs> yes. Well, so they're here at the game, uh, and Patty or Connie, excuse me, is up first pitch, and she almost hits everybody. She's just like throwing the ball directly at each of the batters. In this, we also learn that the catcher, her name is Squeaky, because she says hi to Chalky, who's hitting for the honkers. <sighs> Wasn't Connie the catcher in the softball? Uh Oh, uh, shit, you're right. (laughs) She's not the catcher here, though, because in the first game that we saw before uh, the tyranny of the parents was implemented, uh, Squeaky was also the catcher. You're right, and Connie says that she wants to go back to outfield. So she's she's been sent to outfield. So, I mean, but that means that she's still got a pretty good arm, right? Which is why she's able to almost knock Chalky's head off, because she can throw it as a catcher back to the pitcher and also from the outfield. So, hmm, okay. So, I mean, I think that means that, like, Connie probably has the second best arm in this crew because, uh, like, Skeeter certainly doesn't. Well, Skeeter can throw strikes. That's true, but he can't throw it fast is what we see here. Yeah. Because Connie leaves, she's, like, crying and hates it, uh, and then Skeeter goes up to pitch, and his dad walks him out to the mound, tells him, don't worry about speed, and just throws strikes. It's super easy. <laughs> <laughs> Just choose to throw strikes, Skeeter. Why didn't you choose to roll a six, Skeeter? All right, just win. All you have to do is choose to win. You win the game. Easy. Yeah. Also, what follows is a... This gives me a first idea that Jenkins maybe knows something about baseball, because (laughs) if you can throw strikes consistently nice and easy down the middle, that does mean that somebody who knows it's coming and knows how to hit will just knock those out of the park consistently. No 11-year-old can do this. No 11-year-old can throw strikes consistently. But for the sake of Jim Jenkins getting mad at people who say just throw strikes, Skeeter does this and immediately 8 million runs are scored. And what happens when one of the people on the other t- on the honkers gets a home run? It cuts to the crowd. And two things about this crowd. One, they're wearing purple, which aren't the honkers' colors. And two, one of their signs is misspelled. It says H-O-N-K-E-S. Honkies. <laughs> Honkies. Honkies. 
Yeah. You would think you couldn't get two separate mistakes in a single frame, but here we are. <laughs> oh, you definitely can. Are you kidding me? You've been here for over a year at this point. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. <laughs> but it's we still are surprised every time. <laughs> oh, shit, I love it. Yeah, actually, wait, are the colors of the... the it's like red the and something yeah. else. But are the covers the colors of the pulverizers? That but no, that's like blue. That's not. It's not. Uh, yeah, purple. and I mean they're all they all had honker signs except for one that had the honkey sign. <laughs> Maybe they're French. Honkeys. <laughs> <laughs> <It's like, laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> they they yell from the crowd. They yell, "Wee oui, wee oui, honkey!" <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, anybody in France. <laughs> nah, you know what you did. Oh, yeah. Well, at least they got to understand a part of the episode. <laughs> yeah, good for them. <laughs> of course. They listened to this entire thing and at one hour and 25 minutes, like, ha-ha! Finally, it's my favorite podcast, The Funny Favorites. <laughs> he said extremely uh, Frenchly. Yes. Oh, shit. Well, so Skeeter totally like biffs it because everybody's getting easy scores off of him. Easy creams. Easy creams, baby. Uh, and they're up like 11 to 4 at this point, uh, the honkers are. And now it's Doug's turn to pitch. And oh, wouldn't you know it? He's going to pitch against Roger, their best player. Uh,. And Roger takes the bat and points it out to the, to, out to the field. And the announcer's like, oh, shit, he's pointing him out. He's going to cream him. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And so this is when Doug realizes this is shit strategy and calls for a timeout. He just fucking wails. Time! Ah, Doug screaming again. Oh, wait, no, yeah, this actually does look like he's really calling for a timeout. Uh, wow, this is a first. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Normally, Doug's pitching is a part where we all go off and use the bathroom, have a snack. He just starts hollering something about, my anxiety is about potentially underperforming. My anxiety is about potentially underperforming for about 15 minutes. That's enough for hell. We have it instead of the seventh inning stretch these days. Right. Well, they also use this to assign Patty back to pitching. And in this, when this happens, Doug's dad gets amped, right? He doesn't give a fuck that his kid isn't pitching anymore. He just sees that Patty actually, like, pitches a strike, and he's like, whoa, shit, she's good. And he goes, whoa! Like, he didn't see the last game. <laughs> yeah, Wowza. exactly. Right? The whole, the whole, like... The entire last game was Patty pitching like a champion, and but then they're like, oh, why don't we change that? And now they're surprised when she still pitches like a champion, right? Yeah. <laughs> and also the announcer, but the announcer for this Little League game, who is Richard Nixon only fat for some reason. Not sure what the hell that's about. The <laughs> yeah. announcer just absolutely going ape shit over, oh my god, this person actually knows how to pitch. Right. <laughs> We've never seen this before in any in any of the games. No one on the boys knows how to pitch. <laughs> uh. Also, everybody is super pumped about seeing a pitcher throw strikes. I have been to a baseball game that was a pitcher's duel. Everyone hates it. There's all this very advanced strategy. I have no doubt on a tactical level if you're either of the pitchers or the catchers. There is an amazing amount of 
full-on anime chess bullshit trying to think ahead of the other guy. But um, if you're in the stands for it, there is nothing more dull. That's just because you're too far away to see the sheen on their glasses shine as they come up with the, and the, and the, and the wry grin. Yeah, as and they you come can't up hear the, the voiceover that's playing over <laughs> their heads. Right, they're saying they're they're giving their backstories about how uh, this year is going to be the year that they come up with the perfect strategy. And also, you're not noticing all the times when time freezes, and then they go in and they like move the bat out of the yeah, way so yeah. they don't actually I, hit the ball. That, when you can't see the special effects up close, it just looks like a guy is staring at a man, and then he throws a ball, and then a guy says. Rah! Right, that's why the uh, that's why the front seat fro seats are so expensive because that's the only place that you can see all the anime freeze frames in. Makes sense. Uh, uh, I mean, people say the anime is for nerds, but then they go and watch baseball, and that's basically anime. And there's that's why there's so many animes about baseball, and that's why the Japanese love baseball. We've proven it. It's true. Yeah, it all tracks now. We solved it. Yeah, good, good job. Us. The funny papers. <laughs> Oh, well, somehow after they start the anime moment, uh, now the honkers are up, or they're they're down. They, 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 they finally start beating them 13 to 11 in yeah, the they final. They were inning. down 11 to 4, and so evidently, one, they scored <laughs> a ludicrous amount of runs in the remaining turns due to some amazing hitting that people actually would have liked to see, but also <laughs> Patty just didn't give up any more runs. Good for you her. You never right? see a single pulverizer hit, like, go to bat in this episode. <laughs> well, that's because the other side doesn't have a, a pitcher, and so they've just kept on walking the bases loaded until somebody accidentally swings three times. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, man. <laughs> well, they end up winning. Hooray, the pulverizers win. And then they do a cheer for the honkers after winning. Weird. A cheer for the team, which the other team, which definitely wouldn't have happened if the honkers won. <laughs> yeah, I looked like, that up, ah. and apparently people used to do that chant for the other team. I huh. seem to remember it vaguely. Me, personally, I would just spit in my hand before I shook all their hands. Did you really? No, I didn't do that. Good, I okay. I was going to be like, you butthole, because I know people <laughs> did do that. He does that every time he shakes anybody's hand. It's just a thing he right. does. Of course. I'm not going to give my enemies respect. <laughs> I'm not going to give my enemies my good DNA and my spit. <laughs> you only get the bad DNA. <laughs> Talking about like Little League baseball rituals, I just remembered that I'm pretty sure watching this episode, I went and like did and like played Little League afterwards and like I was trying out to be a pitcher. And I think I had just watched this episode and I asked the, the coach who was catching, I was like, hey, should I throw the fireball or the lightning ball? <laughs> and he was like, I don't care. <laughs> Owned. Owned. <laughs> And then I didn't make the cut. <laughs> Proving you were the real winner, because playing baseball at that age sucks so bad. Oh, yeah, I learned that shortly afterwards. <laughs> oh, man. Well, so after they win and they do their cheer, uh, Phil comes over and he congratulates Patty first. You're my new son now. <laughs> That's what he's doing. Pretty much. He comes over to congratulate Patty, walking past Doug, right? Doug is the first in the line. He just stiff arms him out the way. 
Get out the way, I have to talk to an actual pitcher, one of the greatest beings on Earth. Yeah, and then he scowls at Doug. He frowns at him, and he says, As for you, young man. <laughs> Holy shit, man. But then he's just like, oh, we need to get you a new mid if you're going to be a first baseman. Is that a thing? Yeah, like they have bigger mitts. Yes. Oh. <laughs> to make it easier for their inability to run anywhere to catch the ball. Incredible. It's so they can, like, lean out and uh, catch balls that are, like, far away while still keeping their foot on the uh, first base. Okay. Well, in response to this, Doug turns away from his dad, staring at nothing, and says, Thanks, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> He's just, like, faced in the complete opposite direction from his dad, and he says, Thanks, Dad. I can't look him in the eyes. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, exactly, because he probably still feels like his dad's pissed at him, because he probably is. Oh. And then Doug says the moral, I guess. I sure am glad I stuck to first base. Sometimes you just have to do what you think you're good at and not run around trying to please other people. That's a weird moral to take from this episode. (laughs) Well, I'll give this episode props just because it has Doug make a decision that flaunts uh, his father and it turns out to be the right thing. So he made a decision and something good happened. Do you remember the last episode with Mrs. Bluff? Which one? The, The ballet one? Yes. Yeah? Remember how that was this moral but done right? You were just trying to make me do something because that was what you wanted. You didn't listen to what I wanted. That episode did this moral correctly. Yeah, because they had the two people talk to each other. Yeah, right. Resolve with words instead of just Doug, you know, having to rebel against his father and then never speak of it again. Yeah, passive aggressively rebels against him without confronting him in the most cowardly manner possible. And then the conclusion is, well, I guess we ought to get you a mitt appropriate for your position, mister. Sorry, I didn't get you one before. I didn't give a shit. (laughs) And then the only uh, uh, reason that he does this at all is not because it's what he wanted. It's because it was the right strategy. Like, I bet you if they were winning the game, they still would have been rotating positions. Yeah. Right? Like, also, there's a certain degree of, like, I get that some people get that way about, like, grade school sports. But the people who get that way about grade school sports are psychopaths. Right. I mean, I was a, I was briefly in high school. I was a referee for kids soccer, and they always said like the only thing you have to worry about is the parents who are gonna like fight each other. Yep, <laughs> the kids oh, don't man. know what the fuck is going on, and they are happier for it. Right. Oh man, and also I just like the phrase. Uh, I have to stick to first base so that I don't try and please other people because of the yeah. other meaning of first base. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta stick to what you're good at, man. <laughs> Never under any circumstances should you attempt to grab boob. <laughs> Just stick to what you're good at. All right. Well, so what do we? So is the moral of this one? Is that actually accurate then? For the moral, just like do something that you think would make you happy, and don't try and please your 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 parents instead. I mean, it should be listen to your kids. That should the moral be the should be listen to your kids and feel comfortable telling your parents that no, that's not what you want, but Jim Jenkins won't allow that to be the moral. So instead, the moral is you can't please everybody. 
okay. <laughs> right. It's, yeah, that's The true. rule that makes lets all the Little League players play a minute is tyranny. Right, of course. Oh, nobody gets a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> nobody gets a trophy. Nobody has earned anything. When's football season? God. Well, we'll find out soon when we get to the football dog episode. <laughs> All right, let's let's call this one here. Thanks for joining us, everyone, on another episode of the Funny Papers. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Oh, hello. Ooh. <laughs> Bye.